0: Here uh. we
1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast where we'll recap Illinois sports, Chicago Bears sports, NFL, college football, college basketball, probably dabble in some NBA. Who knows? Uh, if any of that interests you, please hit the like button and subscribe button on the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. The podcast can be found literally anywhere you listen to your podcasts, literally anywhere Apple, Spotify, Google, Pandora, iHeartRadio, everywhere. So please give it a follow. Rate it, uh, all that good stuff, share it out, be a friend, tell a friend. It helps out the algorithm that I do not understand, but there's an algorithm out there. If you could do that for me, it'd be greatly appreciated, please, and thank you. The podcast is also brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. If you go over to bellyupsports.com, check out all the podcasts and content there. Thank you, Belly Up Podcast Network, Belly Up Sports, for hosting the podcast. Betting season is in full swing. If you head over to mybookie.ag to make sure you make your same game parlays, in-game bets, money lines, all that good stuff, go make some money, guys. It's it's one of the easiest ways to make money, especially if you listen to podcasts like this one where we go through over picks, talk about different things with sports. If you go to mybookie.ag and use the code BELLYUPFANTASY, all one word, it's going to double your first deposit. That's crazy. It's just going to double your first deposit. So, man, you don't know much about betting or you're a little worried. you want you're like, ah, I'll, I'll do 50 bucks. Well, if you put in fifty bucks and use the code Belly Up Fantasy, they're going to give you fifty bucks. That is fifty dollars for you to go bet on. So, well, I want to make twenty dollar bet on this. Well, now you can do forty because they're going to give you more. So, again, mybookie.ag code Belly Up Fantasy, all one word, is going to double your first deposit. This podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football and is back to the basics: of books and drills. If you go to CoachStoneFootball.com and check out all of his books on football drills, practice planning, game planning, and much, much more. As football coaches that are in our off season, we're always looking to get better. We're looking to find different drills, different things, practices, and all everything like that. I promise you, if you go to CoachStoneFootball.com and check out his Back to the Basic series, you will never have to look up another drill ever again. I thank Coach Stone for sponsoring the podcast. And for your football coaches and your linemen, are their helmets getting scuffed up during an inside run period? If so, there's a way to protect those shells or reduce the repetitive blows your guys are taking each and every week. It's Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps reduces 20 to 33% of the impact. It really focuses on the big guys in the trenches. And you cannot win without the guys in the trenches. We all know that. We all know this. But they're also hitting every single play. Every single play, every snap of the ball, they're colliding with somebody. It's worn by five NFL teams and 200-plus colleges like – Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Washington, and Penn State. Check them out at guardiansports.com slash guardiancaps. If you go to that website or the link in the description below, use the code 15OFF. It is good for 15% off your order on Guardian Caps. You can buy 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, 10, or a big bulk item for your team. You want to buy just a couple to try them out? Cool. You want to get a bulk item for your whole team? Cool. Can I only afford so many each season? Cool. You go to guardiansports.com slash Use the code 15OFF. It's going to get you 15% off your order at Guardian Caps. Thank you, Guardian Caps, for sponsoring the podcast. So, like I said, in many other podcasts, this college football coaching carousel is still ongoing. It's not going to stop. So we're going to dive into that. And real quick, if you guys are watching the video version, you can see. But the audio, listen up. Uh, This is uh, my friend, Coach Mac. Coach McPherson. His YouTube channel is Coach Mac been doing it for years he's he works with dome caps it's in florida and this is his play fast football hat that i won it's a very comfortable hat his logo they do not sponsor me whatsoever dome dome hats does not sponsor me but this is just a free plug for them we got some other hats for our football coaches this year they were so comfy and you know like our baseball coach is talking about using their hats i believe football coach says i want to go back and probably get hats from them uh, if we order them quick enough, you know, in the summer. Because the shipping was very reasonable, especially during, you know, the supply chain stuff and all that. But this is just a plug. I want you guys to go check out Coach McPherson. Um, try to get him back on the podcast. Go check out that last episode. It's way back when. He was way back when, you know, where this is up. This can be like episode 242. This is way back, I believe, in before 100, I think. I think it was before 100. So go check him out. It's a comfy hat. Go ask him. See how you can get one. Very comfy. So just wearing that for him. Very, you know. Um, so this coaching football carousel has been going on. Oh, it's been, it's, I mean, I mean, obviously it's been going on, but it's been crazy. It's been absolutely insane. So for this episode, I'm going to, we're going to talk about the Clemson Tigers. And the question I have is the dynasty over. Now I know this is a very big question. It's a very, uh, serious question. Because we'll talk about it, and this is why you have to ask the question, is the dynasty over? Maybe a more reasonable question is, is Clemson going to be any good and all that? Well, I'm just going to talk about the dynasty. Because they've won national championships over the past few years, Coach Dabo Swing and his staff have created a a designation place for years. You know, Deshaun Watson came from there. Um, Trevor Lawrence, who played for – it seemed like he played there for six years. They've beaten Alabama in national title games. They've beaten Ohio State. They've lost to Ohio State. They've lost to Alabama. They've beat, you know, they look like an SEC team that plays in the ACC. Dabbo Swing even said, if we're ever going to beat Alabama, we have to recruit like Alabama. So Nick Saban has pretty much set the standard for uh, this, you know, how to recruit, how to do things. And, I mean, Dabo did not play for Nick Saban. He went to Alabama and played there as a wide receiver. I think he was in a volunteer coach or a GA. Has ties to Alabama. So he watches very closely how things go there. And people watch very closely how Nick Saban does things. So Dabo has come out and said, we're going to recruit. They do. They look like an SEC team that plays in the ACC. Now, I think a couple of reasons why they won titles is because they don't play an SEC schedule. You know, they're not as beat up when they get to the national championship That's a part of it. But the other part of it is they get good players. They develop the players. They get some big linemen, D-linemen, linebackers. Uh, They're wide receivers. And the thing with Dabo, this is not a knock-to-nick statement whatsoever. It just seems like guys stay with Dabo for a couple years. I know they have to stay there till their junior year, I think, or when they get to a certain age. But it seems like they stay there for a while. And he's accomplished a lot. Now, this year was a down year for Clemson. Uh, And then – you know, after a season like this, you know, it, it wasn't a, a downward spiral. Um, but things did not go the way they thought. You bring in a freshman quarterback or a sophomore quarterback who played very well at times last year. And uh, so you're, you're looking up, thinking, okay, we're going to get some things done. You know, we could compete for a national title again. Uh, but the question is, how do you replace Trevor Lawrence? How do you go about all these things? Uh, I don't believe they had a defensive guy drafted in the NFL last year, or some of them came back. So Clemson, we're going to talk about their season, then we'll talk about what's happened. Then this uh, coaching carousel world, and for Clemson, and what's what what's going to happen. So right now they're nine and three. They're slated to play um, Iowa State December twenty ninth for their bowl game. They start off the year with Georgia, who. You know, for most of the year has been number one. Some people still think they're number one, even though they lost to Alabama. But you're playing it's Alabama, Georgia, and everybody else. So you play Georgia, you lose ten to three. Great. You know, you you missed a couple things. Georgia's defense was fantastic. You lose to them ten to three. So right then and there, why aren't they lost? People already said, okay, they can't afford to lose another game or they're going to be out of the playoff contention altogether. because Now, Dabo says, we play in the ACC, look who we play, which, okay, you can make some arguments of who they play is pretty good, but it's not like a Big Ten where there's the Michigans out there, the Ohio States, the Penn States, and all that. It's not the SEC for this, this, and this. And sometimes when the Big 12, like the ACC has decent football teams, but they're not these football teams that are always ranked in the top 25 or the top 20 or the top 10 consistently. So Dabo does a good, you know, he defends the ACC saying, look at who we play. But he's also said, like, I mean, they're going to get their bet, everybody's best shot, just like Alabama. They can't afford to not show up in games because they do look at all that stuff. But to me, you lose to Georgia. That's a loss that can be, you know, well defended because it's Georgia. And then you go on and beat, you know, South Carolina State, pretty big, cool. Then people start to put the question mark because of Georgia Tech. You know, the head coach there is liked by a lot of people. I've mess- talked to an assistant coach back and forth a little bit, trying to get him on the podcast. Good things are happening. They're trying to turn around, but that's the curse of Paul Johnson, I think, you know, ever since the spring game that I've talked about. You know, you only beat them 14-8, and that's kudos to Georgia Tech. That's not a bad thing to Georgia Tech, but for we're talking about Clemson right now. That's not a good, like – it's Georgia Tech, I think they scored 70 on last year maybe, and now you only do it 14-8. Then you play, sorry, they lost to South Carolina State, and then they played North Carolina State. You lose them 27-21. Now, North Carolina State has good coaches, they do good things, but you lose them 27-21, question mark. Then you play Boston College, which you should beat. You only beat them 19-13. to Syracuse, you only beat them by a field goal, 17-14, to question mark. Now, Pitt had played a lot better this year. You know, they won the ACC, played a lot better. You lose to them 27 to 17. So there's their three losses. Then you beat Florida State by 10, Louisville by 6, UConn 44 to 7. Then a big win, Wake Forest, who has played great. Probably the best improved team. Some people are going to say Michigan, but I think Wake Forest is the best improved team of 2021. You beat them 48 to 7 or 27. Then you beat South Carolina. Who's in the SEC? So there's your win, but it's not a top-tier SEC team. 30 to nothing. So the end of the year strong. If they can beat Iowa State, that's getting the year even stronger. This is not a failed season for them, by any means. Like, okay, for us as fans, this is not a bad season. This is not a failed season. For an Illinois fan, that is not a failed season. 9-3 is pretty good. To Clemson standards and Dabo standards, that is not a year they want. But they're looking at who they're going to bring in recruiting. They're going to look at all that. Then this coaching carousel thing starts to happen. Now, every year at the end of the year, especially when Clemson's winning national championships, only losing in the national championship game or only losing uh, in the first round of the playoffs, and that being their first loss. Maybe they lose to a Notre Dame who fights to be in the college football playoffs, something like that. Basically, they have better years than. Ninety-five percent of college football. This so every year, Coach Venables' name gets brought up for a head coaching job. Past few years, their offensive coordinator, um, Tony Elliott, only his name gets brought up all the time. They never go, and people have talked about, well, why would they go? You have a good thing going. You're an, you're the defensive coordinator, your offensive coordinator. You call the shots on defense. You call the shot on offense. Dabo's in the meetings. He's being the CEO. He's doing a lot of recruiting. He's doing other things. And you can do almost basically what you want with him as your coach. But their names get brought up all the time. They haven't left. And people say, well, there's a reason why they haven't left. They're winning. Well, then this coaching carousel thing starts to happen. Now, I've already talked about Manny Diaz and and that whole situation with Miami. I don't like the way Miami handled it, but they didn't have an athletic director. I've seen this before where it happened with Illinois. They didn't have an athletic director. They have the board. They have the president or the chancellor or somebody with a doctorate that has no business dealing with sports. Do you know, making decisions? Oh, well, if we don't fire you and Mario Cristobal doesn't come, well, at least we still have this guy and that just, that's not a good way to handle it. That's not good leadership whatsoever. So Mario Cristobal's name is brought up to take the head coaching job, which ultimately happened. They fire Manny Diaz and they hire Mario Cristobal. Now they're going to bring in um, athletic director for um, from Clemson. Uh, this is just one of the dominoes. This is one of the dominoes. Um, athletic director Dan... Uh, I'm going to say his last name wrong, so I'm just going to say Dan. Um, He left the Tigers to become an athletic director at the University of Miami. Um, He came to Clemson in 2012 after he was at Georgia Tech. Uh, He was making about, I mean, that's a lot of money. He's making like $800,000 a year. Um, He is from Miami. He got his MBA at Miami, and he also worked in the athletic department for Miami. So it's a coming-home party for him and Cristobal. I mean, it's just a coming-home party. you know, he's done a lot of good things at Clemson. I mean, he got there, you know, he's part of the 2016-18 championship. Uh, Clemson, while he was there won, for football, won six consecutive ACC titles, made six straight college football playoffs up until this year. Um, the Clemson athletic Departments had a school record for the highest score in his W graduation, rate success at 93% in 2020. Um, so they've been about 91% for seven straight years. So he's done a lot of good things at Clemson, not just in football. Their, you know, their basketball program's always been consistent. So he does other things other than football. But for this sake of purposes, we're talking about football. He'd been there for a while, done good things. You know, they gave, um, you know, they kept on Dabo Sweeney, you know, and all this stuff. So done a lot of good things. So this is the first domino he leaves to go to Miami. Now, athletic directors have to take some credit for the success. But good athletic directors... We'll give the credit to the coaches. Like that's why I like Josh Whitman at Illinois. When football wins or basketball wins, he says, "Good job to that team. Good job to this." Doesn't say, "Well, I did this. I did this." No, they interview the people. They hire the people. They make this decision based on meeting the people and and interviewing them. Is their future in line with theirs? Then um, then then the athletic director has to focus on. Okay, we've got to get every sport, not just football, but every sport, some type of facility. Make sure they're funded. Make sure they are doing this. And from the outside looking in, it seemed like he did a good job at Clemson. Going to Miami, who I believe has to upgrade facilities. You know, you hear Florida State doesn't have good ones. Florida just upgraded theirs. Um, coming in, you're going to have Mario Cristobal try to bring this culture in. So he leaves. Okay. Well, then, you know, Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma. Then he's a new head coach. So the next domino to fall is Coach Venables. Now, he coached at the University of Oklahoma. So this is another going home party. You have Dan, the athletic director, go to Miami. Then you have Venables, okay? Venables coached Oklahoma from 1999 to 2011, serving as a defensive coordinator, associate head coach, and linebackers coach. He left for Clemson in 2012 after Stoops brought his brother, Mike Stoops, out the defense, whatever. Don't know if there was butting heads or um, he kind of wanted to do his own thing. You know, at Clemson, Venables. This was a great defensive coordinator. His name gets brought up all the time. Venables produced a defense. It's been a huge part of Clemson's six consecutive ACC titles and all the college football playoff berths, um, which all stopped this year. Uh, but they say it's not because of Venables. His defense ranked second in points allowed nationally this season. So Clemson wasn't doing a whole lot winning, but the defense was still there. Um, while he was there, now this goes with Dabo. You know they don't. He's not going to get all the records, but while he was there. Clemson was 120-17 and 17 overall as a program in 10 seasons. Um, and finished with a defensive squad ranked in the top 10 in total defense, seven of the last eight years. It's going to be a tough replacement for Dabo Sweeney. That was his right-hand man, including two national titles. Um, I guess he had flirted being with Auburn's head coach last year. Uh, he played at Kansas State, so we talked about that. But again, going home, he coached there for a while at OU. You know, I always talk about remember when they went to the national title, Oklahoma versus Florida, he was a defensive coordinator. Um, so he's done a lot of good things. Um, one of the big question marks, even more dominoes, is Venable's is gonna take anybody from Dabo Sweeney's staff over to him, uh, and all this stuff. So that's a big, big time loss for him. Then next domino to fall, Clemson. And these are all good things for these coaches. It's good for Venables to be a head coach. It's, you know, the athletic director, if he feels like, okay, I've done what I've done at Clemson, I'm going to go do this at Miami where I've been. Next domino to fall is offense coordinator Tony Elliott is named new Virginia football head coach. Now, people have talked about him to be a head coach for a while. You know, it says, next head football coach of the Virginia Cavaliers is Tony Elliott, athletic director. Carla Williams announced on, you know, last week on Thursday, I believe. Elliott comes after having served for 10 years on the Clemson coaching staff, including as an assistant head coach, offense coordinator, tight ends coach the past year. He's a proven champion. He knows offense. You watch offense. He's done pretty well. He sent guys to the NFL, recognized as the nation's top assistant in 2017, as the Frank Boyles Award winner as well. Um, He was with Clemson the two national titles. He got there in 2011 with Coach Venables. Um, he's a running backs coach until 2014. Then from 2015 to 2019, he was promoted to co-OC and running backs coach, served as OC and running backs in 2020, and was promoted to assistant head coach and offensive coordinator at tight ends this past year. In 2018 and 2019, Clemson became the first school with back-to-back 650-point seasons since Yale did the same thing in 1888 and 89. There have only been 22 instances of a 650-point season in major college football history. So he uh, he's worked with a lot of guys that have gone to the NFL. He's worked with a lot of different coaches. Um, you know, another one of his accomplishments. Um, people question a little bit because he had Lawrence and all this other stuff. But in 2015, rivals named him as one of the top 25 recruiters in the country and top 10 in the ACC. Elliott played at Clemson where he was co-captain in 2003. So he is leaving home to go be a head football coach. Uh, he's reported to have offered, he was offered the Tennessee head coaching job last year, did not take it. Um, he flirted with the South Carolina Auburn gig. His name is thrown around. Um, so he's got to build a staff. They got to try to keep some players there. So he's got his stuff. So this is just for Clemson, another domino to fall. So you lose your athletic director, you lose your defensive coordinator, and now you lose your offensive coordinator. Now, again, I'm not saying things are bad at Clemson. But it is isn't it rather strange when they go nine and three and then they leave. Like they these names, Fenval's name's been brought up for years. Tony Elliott for the past like four years, his name's been thrown around for different offensive coordinator positions, different head coaching positions been thrown around. So the moment that they go nine and three instead of going eleven and one, 12 and oh, winning a national title, they leave. Now I'm not saying bad things are swirling at Clemson at all, because there's been no reports as of now of a toxic place or this or that. They've, there's a reason why they stayed there for a while. I honestly think for Venables it was because you have to feel like you're ready. He had a good defense. Uh, you look at the landscape of okay, I want to be. I'm going to challenge myself. Oklahoma's about to go to. You know, they're in the Big 12 right now, and they deal with high-scoring offenses. They are about to go to the SEC, so now I can take a defense and see how to, like, really go with that. I coached at OU for years, so it is, like, a going-home thing for him. Not at Kansas State, but it's a going-home thing of he understands how Oklahoma works. He just felt ready. Maybe it was just time. Maybe he had a conversation with Mark Stoops about it. Brought him back, so that was that. Now, the Tony Elliott won, play to Clemson. You're, you're the highest you're going to be until Dabo leaves. You know, it's always been talked about when Nick Saban decides to retire, Dabo would go take over Alabama, who knows, but you're there, you're at home. So that kind of is like, oh, wow, you're you're, you're coaching at your place, and you're going to Virginia. So maybe when Dabo leaves one day, Tony Elliott goes back, and he goes, okay, I got to get head coaching experience. This is the opportunity to see what I can do. Now, is Virginia the best spot for him? Maybe Virginia was not that bad. Watching they had a, a good offense, they just... You know, gave up too many points on defense. The quarterback got hurt later on. But they had one of the highest scoring defense, highest yards offense. So Tony Elliott, being this offensive guy, should be able to consistently get that. He sees how to build a program. So I think he wants to put down his resume. But it is kind of weird the timing where they don't do that well this year for their standards record-wise, and then they leave. So now the question is, is the dynasty over? Because the head coaches are only good as the kids they get to recruit and as good as their staff is. There's only one guy that we've seen that can hire staff year in, year out, or every other year and continue to win, and that is Nick Saban. We saw what happened with Coach Ed Ogeron. That was going to be one of the things he had to deal with when his whole staff left. Well, can he hire a new staff and continue to win? Well, now look, he's out of a job. Now is going to have to do the same thing. And it's not you're not just losing anybody. You're losing one of the best defensive minds in all of college football ever. Statistically wise, he can recruit... And you're losing them. And you're losing one of the young, bright offensive minds who has done good things for United's great quarterbacks. But you have to be able to coach the quarterbacks and coach the offense the way that the kids can – to fit the kids. So the question of the dynasty being over is not saying one day they won't be back. My answer is I don't think the dynasty is over. I think they're still going to win games. But when you talk about a dynasty – you're talking about like an Alabama winning championship and championships. You're talking about back in the day with Ohio State. You're talking about back in the day of USC. You're talking about Florida with um, Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer. If you want to talk about NBA, you're talking about the Bulls. You're talking about the Lakers. You're talking about the Spurs. Like those are dynasties that compete to win these championships. And that's what Clemson has been over the past, you know, five years or so. It, uh, since before the college football playoff they were really good and then the football playoffs comes along and they've been pretty good. So is the dynasty over? And to, to answer that question, I mean, I want to say yes because now it's already reported with this transfer portal. I may do a whole podcast thing on this transfer portal and the coaches. Kids have already left to go – reported to go to Oklahoma with Venable's, And I guarantee some of these offensive guys that have been recruited go with him. So this whole landscape of how this college football thing works, it's just crazy. Not saying the transfer portal is a bad thing. And, you know, I, I am probably going to do another episode on this because there is a quote from Coach Deion Sanders um, that was out there, and I'll talk about that later on. But so is the dynasty over? And I think as of right now, yes. Now, is, can it come back? Absolutely, because Dabo can recruit. He can coach. But now you've got to replace offensive coordinator. Does Dabo take it over? Can he go find another offensive coordinator? Can you replace him? And it's going to be different. And we're going to. And the reason why I write as of right now, I'm going to say yes, is because I don't see them winning a national title last year. Depending on what recruits come in or don't come in now, and who you hire, so this doesn't define Dabo Swinney's head coaching career of who he hires and how they bounce back in the next year or two. This is not slender whatsoever. He's a Hall of Fame college football coach, one of the best out there, top five. honestly, he is. But this is going to test his head coaching ability. Who? How can you replace these offensive coordinators? And it's going to test the type of coach you have because if you've ever watched or read anything on Nick Saban, especially now, he like go watch the documentary with him and Coach Belichick. He said because he talked about bringing in Bill O'Brien. And if you go back and watch on YouTube, I believe, watch the spring game of twenty twenty one of Alabama. They talked to Nick Saban about. Okay, you're, Bill, you're bringing a Bill O'Brien to be offensive coordinator. How is the offense going to change? What's going to happen? And he said what's great is they have a system put in and that Bill O'Brien going to come in and give different tweaks and give different ideas because he was head coach at Penn State and he was head coach Houston Texans. So he'll bring in different ideas. He goes, but he's going to do what we do. We have a culture in place. We have a system. We have a process put in place. And no offense, Coach Ed O'Juron, I love Coach Ed I just think that if Joe Brady would have stayed another year, I think Ed could have gotten that, okay, this is what we do, this is what we're gonna do. But when Joe Brady left after one year, then you bring in an offense and you kind of he kind of let that offense corner say, Okay, this is what you want to do, great, blah, blah. Then going into this year, he said we want to go back and do the things that Joe Brady did. So I think it just had to be established, like if you liked what happened with Joe Brady. That's what you have to keep, and I think that's what happened with Nick Saban right before Lane Kiffin got there, and especially when Lane Kiffin got there. Okay, this is what – Nick Saban's like, I like this. This is going to work. I see what college football is doing. He saw the future and said, this is what we're going to do. So he has this system. So now the question is going to be, Dabo Sweeney, do you have a system in place for defense and offense? Now you're going to let your offense coordinator and defense coordinator – call things to their strengths, do some of the things they want to do, but say this is ultimately what's going to happen, and you blind it in with what they do. That's what Nick Saban does. You watch Alabama's offenses. They're doing things from last year and the year before, but they're also doing things a little different, depending on the players they have and what Bill O'Brien likes to do and everything else. So this is going to be an ultimate thing for Dabo Sweeney because of how this year looked, depending on the recruiting. As of right now, it's like a no answer, but I'm going to say yes, only because of what's happening around college football too. Wake Forest got better, okay. Pitt got better. Virginia's about to get better. So over there, you're gonna have to battle. If Notre Dame decides to go to the ACC, which could probably happened, but you know if you ever play them, you got to deal with them. And then you look at the SEC. You're gonna have to battle all of them, okay? US, you know, Oregon hired a new coach. We'll talk about later. They're gonna get better. USC is gonna be better. Oklahoma look at like so just around all of there's there's parts I missed all of college football is about to get better the ACC thing's about to get better so you've got to be able to hire that's going to be a big thing for him so right now is the dynasty over it's a yes no I've said yes but I'm also going to say no it's an indifferent we gotta wait and see so this is another question to be asked as we're getting into spring ball and we're getting into the summer to see what recruits are there who does he hire as an offense coordinator and everything else, but it is, it is a question to be asked. Is it over? It's possibly over. Not saying just because of this. Now, if you brought the whole staff back and everything else, yes, but possibly it's over, but doesn't mean they're not going to go, you know, nine and three, 10 and two, 11 and one at times, not saying they're not going to recruit. Well, but I'm saying it's over for right now. It could come back in two years. So instead of it saying it's over, maybe they're taking a pause, but yes, it's not going to be the same. But these are just huge dominoes to fall. And there's other, we're not done yet. We got to see different staff hires. We're not done yet. So it's craziness. You know, keep watching out for all the college football stuff. But um, that's the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Like, subscribe, follow, rate it, share out all that stuff. Check out weekly episodes. We're going to start getting coach football, uh, football coaches back on, different interviews. Uh, go check out all the other episodes. Go check out all the affiliates in the description below. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast, and we are out of here.